Welcome to the Ether. Today is Monday, February 13th, 2023. Today on the Ether, the Console AMA. Console chats Bitcoin ordinals with Gamma IO founder for this mini AMA. Jamil.btc. Let's take a listen. Hey, everybody. What's up? Welcome to the Console AMA. It is monday at five eastern standard time and every week on monday we come together to answer any questions listen to what you're thinking about and talk about the future of decentralized social media and in particular around console with what we're building uh, for web3 chat so that's the drill super excited to have everybody here um we are on the dot of starting so i imagine more people will be rolling in uh over the next um few minutes so while people roll in i'm just gonna check in with everybody on stage and just kind of set up the uh set up the plan of attack for today of some of the things we want to talk about uh and then we'll we'll dive right in so i'm just gonna just gonna check in with uh dave how, how you doing you there I'm here. I'm doing great. I'm really excited to be here, Chris. Nice. Thanks, Dave. Great to have you. And um, and I know Julia, um, Julia, who helps run the space and is the voice of console Twitter often, uh, is with us. Julia, are you there? Yes, I am. Hello. Wow. Sounds great. Voice of console. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> the voice of console. This is what console sounds like. <laughs> uh this is great thank you um and i see we have um yeah some great some great um awesome great great group today uh, we got titus with us we got dylan we got orlando great okay awesome um brad Raphael. cool we got a great group um all right so we're gonna get started um usually what i like to do is just give a few updates up front on our progress, what we're working on this week at console and building it, maybe some of the things on our roadmap that you can expect, maybe some challenges that we run into or things that we're learning. Just do that kind of quickly up front, just to kind of update everybody here um, at console or you know working our hardest to build in public and share and co-create with everyone that comes week over week. Um, and it's been a great group to work with. Um, Every, every every week we just learn so much from each other and are able to share and update each other on what we're excited about in the Web3 space. So that's um, been such a pleasure. Um, and today we also have a guest that's going to be joining us, um, Jamil. I'll be, you can see him up there, jamil.ptc. Uh, are you with us, Jamil? Are you with us? Are you there? Yeah. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> 
Great to have you. Awesome. Yeah. So you're on stage and um, we'll be coming back to you in a second. And our topic today, um, we'll be talking about Bitcoin ordinals. Um, for anyone who's new um, to the topic of Bitcoin ordinals, they've been really blowing up um, all of Twitter and all of the internet um, over the past few days or past few weeks, I guess, just the past few weeks and um, week or two. And um, yeah, we're going to talk about how what they are and maybe how that might play into our roadmap um, if at all and so we're going to learn a bit about that and then finally we'll just you know continue with normal ama any newcomers that have questions about what console is how to get involved um or people you know that that we love you that come week over week and we want to you know answer any questions or give updates we'll also get you on stage as well so um so those are the three things we want to do today um let's start with a few updates and then we're going to dive right into the conversation and q a with jamil about ordinals so um, a few things with uh, with console as as we've mentioned in our last newsletter, we have a newsletter on our site blog.console.xyz. You can check it out. Um, earlier this year, we did an integration with ENS that's live. We have .eth addresses now. We can talk with .eth addresses. That was the exciting thing. Um, this month, our big focus has been on decentralizing our chat with an upgrade to both the Matrix and Signal protocol to bring privacy to your chats so you have end-to-end -end encryption meaning you're the only person that can access them we cannot access them at console you know unlike facebook or discord where your chats can be shut down or censored um, on console your chats uh, and conversations are uncensorable and um, we're working on that big move right now to move out that infrastructure to um, the matrix and signal protocol on the back end. So it's been a big lift. And because of that, we've had a bit of um, a delay in letting in new communities. I think as of today, we have like 900 communities that have applied and we're so grateful. And just thank you for being patient um, with little by little that we let communities in. Um, I will say that um, as of two weeks ago, we've been testing internally the desktop app for Mac only, which we're very excited about. And so if there's anyone in here today um, who has applied, you have a community and you've applied and you think you'd like to help beta test the desktop app, um, we could work with you. Just send us a DM if you've already applied and we'll see if we can get you as soon as possible on the list to launch um, your community and give us some feedback on the desktop app. That would be super helpful. Um, for anyone else that doesn't have a community and that would love to get part of console and join an existing community, um, there are a few communities on console right now. Um, but the one that we are planning on launching, which we've talked about, is what we're calling console HQ. It will be the general room for anyone that wants to learn about console or contribute to console. And so that will be an opportunity uh, in mid-March that we'll start opening that up. And so the final piece of uh, thing I want to throw out there related to console HQ is um, Julia, Dave, and I have been thinking about potentially, I mean, one of the big benefits of console is being able to token gate your, your community and to have to use that wallet address and your nfts as a way to really bring identity and just connect you know on this platform right token gated identity all in one place with the chat and um as part of that you know we've started to think about possibly launching our own nft and so we are you know 
investigating and looking into some options for artists and stuff. So if there's anyone that you want us to look at, or you're an artist, or you have a collection or something, I would say give us a shout. We would love to hear from you. Um, we are just talking and reviewing and thinking a lot about what this might look like as we bring Console HQ together um, so that we can all um, have a really great first experience. So uh, that's some of the things we're working on. And I would say feel free to jump on stage later today if you'd like to share or just DM us or at reply us, console DAO or myself at Kastig. All right, those are all the updates for the week. Um, super excited to get into our conversation today. And then, like I said, after that, we'll break into AMA. So if anybody has questions, you can start raising your hands. Um, today's conversation, super, we are super lucky to have our guest, very talented. Um, Jamil.btc is joining us from gamma.io. And Jamil has been doing uh, tremendous work with his team um, over the past year plus now, about year a uh, year plus, working on building out the ecosystem of Bitcoin NFTs. And so he has been ahead of the game on that in an amazing way. Um, if you haven't been to Gamma.io, it's an amazing place to um, to start and look for Bitcoin NFTs and what I've seen over the past few weeks, and Jamil will tell us more, is I think he's really, I don't know where they find the time to like, <laughs> it's been amazing. Like in the past two weeks, they've spun up all of this um, support for launching your own Bitcoin ordinals, which have really kind of just, I mean, I think, I think Bitcoin ordinals have been around for a little bit now, but I think they've kind of just come into the mainstream over the past few weeks. Um, and at least that's my understanding. Um, Jamil is the expert here. And so I want to welcome him on stage to tell us a bit about what Bitcoin ordinals are, why it's a game changer for Web3, and then also how can console benefit or how can decentralized social chat, social media, how will this impact the rest of the ecosystem? What can we learn from it? Um, what can our communities learn from it? So Jamil, how's it going? Thanks for thanks for coming and making time for us today. Yeah, no problem. It's been an absolutely crazy week uh, week or two, but uh, but you know, an exciting one too. So happy happy to join and talk about all this stuff with you guys. Yeah, I, I've seen, I've been in a few Twitter spaces about the Bitcoin ordinals. I've seen you and Trevor, and there's been like 11,000 people in some of these yeah. spaces. I mean, it, I think everyone's so hungry to learn. So um, super grateful to bring this to our, you know, smaller in a way, uh, you know, a few hundred people here at console uh, community and um, to be able to ask their questions. So let's just start off with, um, you know, what, what are Bitcoin ordinals and why are you excited about what's happening with that? Yeah, so so far, um, you know, Bitcoin is is reasonably limited in the things that you can do with it. It's still still flexible, but but there's some things that you can't do with Bitcoin that you could previously do with um, with platforms like Ethereum. And one of the main things was that you know in Bitcoin, every Bitcoin is traditionally treated as equal, right? So if I send you one BTC and then you send me zero point five BTC back, you know, in the back end, it's tracked through these things called UTXOs. But to a user, it's basically the same thing, right? I send you one BTC. It's like you sending me a dollar and you send me back 50 cents. It, it doesn't matter which 50 cents you give me. It doesn't matter which dollar you give me. I still get a dollar. You get 50 cents. But what ordinals allow you to do is it basically provides a way of, of uh, accounting for Bitcoin. So it says, actually, this Bitcoin or this Satoshi, which is the smallest unit of Bitcoin, can actually be tracked over its life cycle. So if I send you a sat, uh, it's different than me sending you a different sat, if that makes sense. So this, for the first time, makes Bitcoin 
non-fungible, which is the first exciting part about about ordinals. It it like gives us a way to track how Bitcoin moves across yeah. the network. Got it. So I think what you're saying is for the longest time a dollar bill was a dollar bill and it, you didn't know which one you were getting. But now it's it's kind of like you're drawing a beard on George Washington and you're like, this one's special because Chris drew it or something like that. Like you're inscribing some kind of like yeah. artwork on it. So what's interesting is that this, the the tracking of the ordinals is independent of the inscriptions. So we're just talking about like even uninscribed sats, you can track over their lifetime. Um, so that's the first part is like, how do you track these sats as they move across the network? And one of the interesting things is this doesn't require any changes to Bitcoin. Uh, you can keep Bitcoin exactly the same. It's purely a standard or like a way that you track these bit, uh, these sats as they move across the network. So you're just saying like, hey, if this uh, if this sat comes in through this input and goes out this output, you know, I, I have a standard for how I actually track track that moving through the network. And then on uh, top of that, and a sat no, just to table. clarify, so a sat yeah. is a small amount of Bitcoin, right? Just, yeah, call it sat. one okay. satoshi. One it's the it's a smallest unit of Bitcoin. So one hundred million uh, sats is one Bitcoin. Got it. And um, the second part that's exciting is this inscription stuff. So not only can you track a sat across the lifetime of Bitcoin, you can also add information to it. So you can say like. This is where the, that drawing something on the dollar bill happens. The first step is tracking the dollar bill. And then the second step is drawing things on it. So ordinals or ordinal theory is that first aspect, which is tracking the dollar bill and knowing that a dollar bill is different from another one. And the inscription is like the writing on it. And that writing carries, um, carries through it, you know, through the lifetime of that dollar bill, it will always have the writing on it. Um, that makes that's fascinating. Can you only draw one? Because I've seen people uploading like JPEGs to a Bitcoin block, or that's the way it seems to me. Can you only do one image per block, or can you load up like a whole NFT collection, like ten thousand, into one block? So you can, you can, as far as I know, you can inscribe one transaction output per like per block because you need basically to send that transaction and then you'll get the change back from it. it the technical details are a little bit, um, a little bit complex to do with the sort of UTXO structure of Bitcoin. But if you had a collection of like 500 images and you had, you sent 500 transactions to do it, that would be totally possible. You do it in 500 separate transactions, inscribe 500 different sats. Um, I'm sure there'll be some, I don't think there's anything like, technically impossible about inscribing multiple um inscriptions in the same transaction but i don't think the infrastructure supports it yet oh, that's really interesting so so it gets transcribed into the sat the smallest amount of bitcoin not the bitcoin block not like the 10 minute block of time itself like exactly well the the way it works is that a bitcoin block is made up of transactions so all a Bitcoin block is, is basically a, a grouping of transactions. And each of these transactions have different inputs and outputs. And so when, when you actually inscribe, when you, when you say, uh, well, I'm adding data to this block, it's going to be within a transaction or a transaction data. And so that's how inscriptions work too. They, they work in a transaction and is actually included in what's called the witness data, which is a specific part of a Bitcoin transaction where you can 
it, it was used for for some taproot upgrades, but um, for some taproot functionality. But now they figured out you can actually use it to to write data pretty cheaply in that in that sort of data segment. That's really awesome. Um, and I and I guess one of the cool things that you guys are doing with Gamma, um, you're making it pretty easy for people to upload or make these these ordinals, right? Um, just on your website without having to know how to do anything too technical. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so to be, I want to make this very clear that everybody should try running their own Bitcoin node. I, it's a lot of fun. It's an educational experience and it contributes to the health of the network. So like uh, I would encourage anybody in the audience that hasn't run their own Bitcoin node yet. It's not that it's, it's actually not that hard. You just need a computer with lots of storage um, and, and you can get one set up. But right now, making an inscription requires you to basically have a fully synced Bitcoin node, requires you to have knowledge of the command line, requires you to go through all of these steps, which are useful to know for, for, for people that, that want to get involved in Bitcoin. But it's a little bit inaccessible to a lot of people who just want to get started quickly, figure out what it's about, and have like a nice entry point into the ecosystem. And so what we do is we host our own node at Gamma. We host a couple of nodes. Um, with with ordinal indexing and what we do is we allow people to submit their inscriptions and then on our node we'll we'll send the transaction to inscribe the the ordinal and then send the the sat back to you to whichever address you want and so you know it's been amazing to see the traction that this has had and and uh and how many people are excited about this we've done about let me see maybe like five thousand inscriptions so far um, which is a pretty significant percentage of all the inscriptions that have happened all time, and maybe about like 10-20% of inscriptions that are happening um, at any given time. People are using it to inscribe, like I saw some person put in like George Orwell's books and essays into the blockchain. People are putting personal memories, people are putting, you know, quotes and text. Um, and I think that's really cool. It's just seeing um, how people are getting this opportunity to, you know, create both um, both valuable assets as well as um, sort of a record of important historical and cultural artifacts on on the sort of permanent time chain. Yeah, because they're there forever, more or less, right? <laughs> I mean, for the like life for... for the lifetime of the network. Like every single, as, as soon as you inscribe something. So if I inscribe like, um, let's say, um, like a quote or or 1984 on on. Uh, if I if I create that as an inscription, then um, what happens is that every single Bitcoin node that's out there, and there are tens of thousands of these Bitcoin nodes out there, every single one will sync that entire book to the node. So suddenly, if you have one copy, now you have ten thousand copies, and anybody in the future that syncs a Bitcoin node in the future will automatically copy that over. So it's almost like a, a, a replication machine, a self-replicating machine that, 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 lasts, that lasts for as long as the network exists. As long as there is one node that, that has information, it will propagate itself and continue to exist um, for the lifetime of the Bitcoin network, which I think is extremely, extremely powerful. Damn, yeah, that's, that's super powerful. Um, I love this. Well, I'm curious, like with console, you know, we have a lot of communities um, crossover from different ecosystems like ENS and um, Ethereum and NFTs, and we also have you know other stacks NFTs. And um, when we think about the way that NFTs are being used right now for mostly like joining together identity and communities, um, 
would you call ordinals NFTs? And like, do you, how does that kind of like translate to what people think about the way NFTs are being used right now? Like, are they are they different things, or do we not know yet, or something else altogether? I think it it kind of practically comes down to the way that you keep um, keep sort of the accounting of 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 the technical details. Um, it I don't think there is any real concrete definition of what an NFT um, is that that can be like sort of generalized across all blockchains. But the general idea is that an NFT is kind of two things. It's a um, it's a mapping between like IDs and owners. So I can say like Chris owns ID one of this, and I own ID two, and John owns ID three. And then the second is that you have a mapping between IDs and metadata or some information. Like um, you own ID one and ID one contains a link to this image, right? Or uh, uh, John owns ID three and ID three contains a link to this other image. And when John transfers his NFT to someone else, you basically change the owner. So you're saying now ID three isn't owned by John, it's being owned by, by, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. by, right? And if you take those two things and you say that's really what an NFT kind of is, then I guess you could consider like ordinals NFTs as well because they have a mapping of IDs. Every SAT has a unique ID, which has an owner. And every SAT can also optionally have some metadata or some information, um, like an image or some text. The main difference is that traditionally with NFTs, the data isn't um, isn't on chain uh, most of the time. Although there are exceptions, like I see someone in the audience with an chain monkey um, that that's on chain, right? But uh, a lot of the time, what you have is a, a hash of the data, and you um, you basically like say ID three. Here's where the data lives. But with inscriptions, the data lives gen- usually directly on the blockchain. Um, yeah. so the image will be directly inscribed into Bitcoin. It's not just a link. Although you could imagine a future where um, the fee market gets more competitive and people start inscribing links uh, instead, of, instead of the whole image on, on the blockchain. Interesting. And today, where, where could you buy or trade ordinals if, if people wanted to get involved or wanted to kind of start? you know, trading or buying ordinals. Yeah, possible? I wish I could say gamma.io <laughs> right now, but unfortunately we just have inscriptions, uh, an inscription service right now. So if you want to create your own, uh, you can do that really easily. Um, right now, generally most of the trading happens through esc- escrow services. Um, although people like John uh, just had like uh, smart auctions of, of, of stacks NFTs, which then could be redeemed for, um, for inscriptions, which I'm sure you can talk about more. But generally, the, from what I've seen right now, the the marketplace functionality has generally been uh, what's called like custodial or escrowed. So there are some people that say, send your inscription here and we'll sell it to someone else. I don't like that because you're basically sending your inscription or, or your ordinal to someone and trusting them to take care of it for you when they could just like rug it at any time. And I I want to make sure that when we launch a marketplace, um, that it's going to be something that's trustless, that makes sure that you know you're always in control of your data uh, of your assets, and that you're not really trusting us to take care of it for you. That's amazing. Um, well, I'm I'm gonna ask one more question, but I also just want to invite anyone else now at this point to come ask questions. And you know, 
we I see John's here. I'd love to get John up in a second um, to share what you're working on and to, you know um, ask a question or whatever else is on your mind. Um, same with anyone else in the group. I see some really great people here. So take a second. Sometimes Twitter Spaces takes a minute to get everybody loaded up. So my last question um, before handing it over um, to John, which will be next, um, would be, yeah, Jamil, is there anything that either I didn't ask you and that we should be thinking about here um, slash, you know, I'd be curious to open the discussion to how this might impact, you know, what you'd like to see with console and maybe how we can um, consider adopting or advancing or contributing in some ways to what's going on with Bitcoin ordinals recently. Yeah, I think it's really early. So we're going to have to see how this, this evolves. But I think one thing that I want to sort of impart on people is let's think of, of, you know, creative use cases for inscriptions beyond just thinking of them as metaphors for ETH NFTs, right? A lot of people are saying, okay, we'll do a 10,000 PFP collection, which I think has value, right? Like these PFP collections, they create communities, they create, you know, groups and they create value for their holders. But I think this is a huge opportunity and the, the you can't understate the power of preserving this information and, and, and using this for like a profound source of good in the world. And, uh, you know, as we enable trading, as we enable more capabilities for inscriptions, I just want to like sort of open that in, in your mind, like start to think, how can we use this for, for good? How can we use this um, to expand the capabilities of what's possible in the world? When you say profound source of good, it sounds like you have some things in the back of your mind or some things that you've heard, but, but can you share a little more well, about like, yeah, that? Yeah, the, the, the sort of uh, the lack of freedom of information in a lot of places, right? People don't have access to banned books, um, media information. Um, and you've seen people use this in the past, like the Associated Press has, uh, you know, has historically actually put data on the ETH blockchain for like election results and certain news pieces and stuff like that. Um, but I think we've just started to explore um, sort of the, um, the power of some of these decentralized censorship resistant tools. And it's not only just about speculation and making money, um, which comes as part of it, um, but it's also about uh, about doing things that, that that matter. And I think that's what we're focused on at Gamma too. It's, it's not about making a quick buck. It's about it's about building tools that that allow people to do great things. Amazing. Um, thanks, Jamil. Um, if you'd like, if you don't mind sticking around just a little bit, I'd love to um, bring some more people up into the conversation. Um, sure, John, great. welcome. It's so glad, so glad to have you here. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. Um, so yeah, I mean, first of all, I totally agree with Jamil on the value of having this, these data be around forever. I mean, that's the, you think about it, anytime there's a cultural revolution, you have an effort to erase the past, and now that's essentially impossible. I mean, putting 1984 on the blockchain is, you know, on Bitcoin is, or Animal Farm, I think was the example I saw. That's incredibly important. I would also just want to throw in here that I think that this idea, like an NFT, in a lot of ways, functions as a digital certificate of ownership. And I think that um, embracing layer twos and, and embracing even, for example, creating it, like what we're doing at Neoswap to trade, I put an example here of a um, silent auction that happened over the weekend where we auctioned off 10 ordinals all at the same time. Something that we should all be thinking about too is using NFTs on other chains as tickets to represent and ideally in a trustless manner. Jamil was talking about uh, some of the trustless aspects. We have trustless solutions coming where you can have a two-way peg between an ordinal and an NFT on another chain. Uh, Stacks is kind of the easiest one, but we also look like we can do it on Ethereum and EVM compatible chains uh, probably by the end of the week actually. 
So we're going to be having the situation. We have a machine, put an ordinal in, and you get a you get a ticket, and then you can trade the ticket. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, whoever has the ticket can redeem it for the ordinal. And I think that's going to be really fascinating because now you've got this th- these data that are on chain forever, and you're going to be able to uh, facilitate trading on other you know smart contract uh, blockchains, and then at the end of the day, go back and redeem the ticket for the uh, original or- ordinal. And I think it's going to open up all sorts of economic use cases. Brilliant. That's awesome. Jamil, would you have any reaction to that or thoughts about that? Yeah, I'm I'm really excited like for for a lot of these. I think there's there's a lot you can do on uh on chains that are smart contract based um that you may not be able to do on on Bitcoin L1 with Bitcoin script. And so an example of that is like the stuff that John's doing with NeoSwap. Like you need a level of complexity and uh that that, that you just can't get on the on the main chain. So it makes total sense. And I'm excited to see, you know, some of this bridging back and forth using Bitcoin as the ultimate source of truth, but then allowing you to to do trading and allowing these, you know, optional extensive capabilities. Although I'm also excited to hopefully see this um, create a new wave of Bitcoin L1 development too, because now that you have these ordinals, you're probably going to see an explosion in people trying to figure out, hey, how can we actually add these capabilities on L1s. And it won't just help ordinals, it'll help Bitcoin as a whole, as we figure out what are the limitations, what can we do to, to improve it? How can we use Taproot? How can we you know, use some of the other BIPs that have been proposed like Jeremy Rubens um, to, to expand the capability of Bitcoin as well? So I'm excited about that too. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, um, NB, you have a question? Yeah, I got a question for Jamil. Um, Two questions, actually. Uh, I was curious, you said you guys are running nodes. I was wondering if they're standard nodes that are just, you know, the basic transaction and and the uh, the weights as well, or if you're optimizing it specifically for inscriptions. And I was also curious if you guys are mining in addition to that. Sorry, my audio wasn't working. Do you guys, uh, are your nodes specialized for inscriptions? I still can't hear Maybe anything. Just... Uh, one sec, let me try and leave and rejoin. because it's quiet on my end no worries jamil i always find that my airpods always want to connect whenever i'm on a twitter space so maybe that happened to him i'm not sure <laughs> thank you i was um, like damn i guess yeah, that, that wasn't the question of the day <laughs> no that was a, that was a great question um hopefully they'll be coming back in a second i see he's he's joining us again yeah and any, anybody else wants to come jump on stage this is a good time as well um feel free to just give myself or Julia I'll let you on stage. Just make a request. Um, he's back. Can you can hear, hear me us? now, Jamil? Yeah, I can hear you. Good. <laughs> I was just curious. Um, so the nodes you guys are running, are you optimizing them specifically for inscribing? Or is it just a standard node setup? And then I was also curious if you guys are, are mining or have plans to mine in the near future. Yeah, it's just a standard standard node setup, but we also have to add um, uh, ORD uh, and the ordinal indexing. So you have to have both Bitcoin D and um, and ORD uh, running an indexer. So you have to not only run like the tracking all the blocks, but where all the sats are and inscriptions are as well. Um, and regarding mining, I don't think we have enough money to do that right now, but uh, maybe eventually, hopefully. Is it, the goal, is it right? crazy expensive to mine? Uh, yeah, it, it basically, like, if you don't have enough money to pay for the hash power or the energy to, you know, um, uh, you know, run these computations, then you're likely to win a block fairly rarely, like maybe once a month or something. 
Um, you can join mining pools that help, but generally the cost of like getting started mining is, is quite high now. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. All right, great. Thanks, Envy, for, for the question. Um, Titus, what's up? We'd love to have you join us. How's it going? Thank you. Hey, it's good to be back with the console crew. Love it. Um, so I guess this question is more of a general, like, what is Bitcoin for these days? Because I, I guess, like, if we think about what this originally was, this was, you know, like, let's let's allow money to be borderless and stuff like that. And now, you know, like, there have been upgrades, of course, I'm not going to pretend we haven't done like, you know, SegWit and Taproot and stuff like that. Um, there's been a hard fork. Um, at what point is Bitcoin not Bitcoin anymore and just sort of like random data storage for everyone? And that's not a bad thing. Like, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying we should be against that. I'm not saying anything other than like, maybe this isn't the necessarily the best use of uh, a blockchain that was built for something completely different and that there are other blockchains that do, you know, long-term storage well, purposefully, stuff like that. I was wondering, uh, Jamil and others, like how you feel about that. Yeah, I, I personally feel that like Bitcoin is not a replacement for like IPFS or something like that or or S3 or something. You know, it's like you have four megabytes per block every 10, every, which is every 10 minutes, which is probably the size like most images on your computer are bigger than four megabytes, right? Um, so when you look at like the amount of block space per year, it's like 100 and something gigabytes, right? Like it's not a lot of space. And block space is precious, right? It's um, it's important that people are able to conduct transactions, um, you know, use Bitcoin for um, for payments, for settling transactions. Um, but that being said, it's it's also a free market, right? And payments are always going to be the most important thing. Like if you look at the Bitcoin blocks and the mempool, um, if people have a payment, uh, they're going to put higher fees, right? They want to make sure it it goes in. They want to make sure their payment can confirm well. And you can do that now for like. Two dollars or something like not a lot of money, right? To get your payment confirmed in the next block, and so what I think these other data um, uh, will will enable is sort of a more competitive fee market. And as the demand for block space increases, if if basically payments were important enough, uh, and and Bitcoin was being used for payments such that like to a maximum capacity, there wouldn't be any like fee market for inscriptions. It would just be way too expensive. And I think that's the goal is like you want to have a competitive fee market and you want to get to a point where the most important stuff goes in. And obviously, if you want to pay like a million dollars to get your JPEG on Bitcoin, you can. But uh, but most people will just use it for payments. So I think that the, the beauty of Bitcoin um, since its inception has been like there's no central authority that controls this ledger, but everything game theoretically still works. And it's kind of beautiful that like. Um, it's not incentive aligned for anyone in the anyone in the network to act maliciously, um, um, and and the incentives work out with the block reward, with the fee fee subsidy, and and with everything. And I think you'll see the same thing emerge here, where the decentralization is not a downside, and the permissionless is, aspect is not a downside, but rather you find those market equilibria, which which you know makes sense for wh what data should be stored on here and how much should be used for transactions, etc. Super thoughtful answer, as I expected. Thank you. Uh, I guess, like, the my first thought is, since we're all sort of like, anyone who runs a node is storing all that data, and suddenly blocks might be four megs each time. I, you know, I'm trying to imagine the scenario where everyone's storage just goes up massively, because everyone suddenly wants to mint 10k PFP collections of, you know, twerky pepes or whatever it is. And suddenly, you know, we're all sort of bearing the brunt of that. But 
if the incentives are there, then I guess that makes sense. Yeah, and I think you'll probably start to see like you already have pruned nodes, right? Which which only store uh, a subset of the data, and you'll probably see maybe like certain subsets of nodes which where people just care about payments, they just won't store some of the data that, that, that's inscribed. <clears throat> so the goal is to still make it accessible. <clears throat> and I think blockchains in general have this scaling issue of like, you know, as time goes on, it just gets more and more storage to store the blockchain. So hopefully, you know, as prices come down, as uh, for SSDs and for storage, as we get more technically advanced in what we prune, um, these problems will, will, will kind of work themselves out. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, yeah, I'm wondering, like, because a lot of the NFTs on Ethereum, correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of times what will be stored on chain within the Ethereum block is often just the URL. I believe it's just like a URL to IPFS a lot of times. Is that true? And, um, you know, if so, this is interesting because it sounds like you're putting the entire, you said there's four megabytes, which that's not very large. Um, so, yeah, you, how many you know, you can maybe fit one or a few images if they're optimized. But it sounds like the one of the big differences is like putting the entire image on chain. And I guess I wonder, is is Ethereum considering doing that? Is that something? I think I've heard of it being done with maybe CryptoPunks back in the day, but I'm not sure why they stopped doing that. But yeah, I'd be curious, Jamil, like the the, the advantages of that or like how it compares to the way Ethereum's thinking about storage. It's not really a technical limitation of Ethereum. Uh, you can store data on ETH, and people do it right with like um, with a lot of the OG NFTs, especially. But you have to pay a certain gas fee, basically per byte of information that you store on ETH, and that's fixed at like you know maybe three gas per. I, I'm making up numbers. I don't know the actual fees per per byte in uh, for gas uh, storage on the ETH blockchain, but. I'll give you an example. I, I ran this like small side project where I was trying to store like election data on on ETH. So I was trying to store like you know th these were the results of, of of past elections and sort of preserve that information. And to store just the like vote counts in each state, um, I think it cost me. This was like bull market, so ETH costs a lot as well. It was like a thousand dollars to to store just text data um, permanently. And so um, I mean it, it was a decent amount of text, but like it's just so much cheaper to do it on Bitcoin, kind of counterintuitively, because um, because there's, there's a lot more demand for ETH block space right now. Um, but I think as as the fee market gets more competitive, you'll start to see people maybe inscribe less and less, you know, information. Like you won't see people putting images. You might see people putting smaller images. Like CryptoPunks are only a few bytes. They're like hundred bytes or something, which is nothing. Um, or you might start to see people putting metadata and 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 links to IPFS as well. Got it. That's really great. Um, yeah, let's do let's do one more question from MB. And if there's any other questions, then we might just kind of wind down a little bit early today. But well, we usually we usually we started this with just being 30 minutes. <laughs> usually, usually we go over. So um, but yeah, let's uh, let's let's see if you got any more questions, well, and then we'll kind of wind anyone so, yeah. who's an expert on Bitcoin. I have, do have a question about the the block limit for the file size. It's four megabytes. I've seen some inscriptions that were early get up into the three point whatevers. But to my understanding, you're, if you upload something and it's more than 400 kegabytes or KB, um, it just won't even get revealed. It won't get picked up. So I'm kind of curious why that is, why over time the, the file um, limit has decreased. And yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, the, the, 
So the the big like four megabyte block was the Taproot Wizards one, and that was actually like an over the counter deal with um, with a mining company called Luxor. So what they did is they actually like created the transaction, and then they off chain gave it to Luxor Mining, and was like, next block you mine only include this in it. So it wasn't like something that was just done by broadcasting the transaction to the network and waiting for it to be mined. It was actually like a over the counter deal with a with a miner. So it's not decreasing. It's just two different situations I'm observing. Yeah, exactly. All right, thanks. Um, let's see one more question for Jamil, and then we're going to open up questions for um, Dave, Julia, and I um, about console, and then wrap things up. Um, uh, and so it looks like we have one more question. Emmanuel, do you have a question for Jamil or yeah, something else? Yeah, hi. <laughs> um, question for Jamil. First off, I just want to say um, I just love the way um, Jamil, you pretty much covered the entire Ornos and inscription subject. Um, Normally, most people tend to like, you know, overdo it or sugarcoat it or just like make a mountain out of the molehill. But you pretty much just, you know, express that as is. And it's hard to see a lot of that these days, especially the hype and everything. So power to you for that. Um, the, my main question I have is with regard to UTXO management. So, you know, given, given the nature of inscriptions and ordinals, um, what discussions are you, for example, your team at uh, the Gamma? Yeah, Gamma, like having with regards to, you know, ensuring appropriate UTXO management. Because if you make the slightest mistake and just trying to like offload your, you know, your SATs or your BTC over to an exchange, then you can, you might as well just ship away your ordinals as well. Um, sorry, your inscriptions as well. So I'm curious to know what um, the arrangements or discussions are around UTXO management. Because for many years now, almost nobody has had to, intricately work at the atomic level of, uh, of the of the bitcoin you know accounting system so i'm curious to know what uh what the discussions are on utxo management it's uh, it's not a simple context but i i'm just curious yeah so it's, it's been a problem for us too like as we're managing our, our our inscriptions and even playing around with it like i've had to to like raw construct transactions with the bitcoin cli and like you know say these are exactly the utxos i want to treat as inputs and this is exactly the outputs I want and it's still kind of scary because I don't know if I'm doing the calculations for like where the ordinals live or whatever but at Gamma we're not we're not really looking at building a wallet I think there are much more talented people than us in the wallet uh, space that can do a, a better job at it than, than us so we're looking at like Xverse, um, Hero Wallet, there are others um, that are looking at doing it as well um, I'm sure Sparrow will come out with something um, and basically trying to enable you know what we do well which is like uh, trading, viewing, exploring, um, indexing this information and, and allowing easier access for people. But I think wallet, a, a good wallet is kind of a prerequisite for a lot of that as well. Um, but it's not something that we're, we're expecting to dive into. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, thanks for the question, Emmanuel. Um, Jamil, thank you so much for joining us today. Let's all give Jamil many claps. Claps, 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 claps. Thanks we so are much. Clapping. We are clapping. So much clapping. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Um, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, likewise. Oh. And uh, yeah, you're welcome to stick around a little bit, um, but you're also welcome to leave. I know you have a busy schedule. And um, we're just going to answer a few more questions um, for everyone here. I see a great, a great group. Um, and so just to recap, anybody coming into the room, um, started off the hour with a few updates on console, the Web3 chat app we're building. We just had a conversation with Jamil, who is 
definitely leading or part of the leadership of many people looking to make Bitcoin NFTs um, or just blow up that ecosystem, doing some really great work over there. And he educated us on ordinals at console. We're interested to see just I think the cool thing about console and co-creating with all y'all is um yeah, I, I lived in Virginia for a while, and I say y'all sometimes, uh, apparently. Um, is that, because there's really not a better way to say you, you know? Um, so the the thing, with, the thing with console is that's cool is I think, you know, because we are building our Web3 principles, we are a small team, and we're able to learn as Web3 grows. And, you know, from ordinals to Nostra to... Um, soulbound tokens to you know a lot of different things which are coming up in the ecosystem you know we're really just trying to learn week over week so that we can help build the future of social media and so i think this has been a really great education and thank you jamil for all of that um so just kind of winding down to our last bit of today um if anybody wants to come on stage and has any questions about anything console related or anything they heard today or anything from last week feel free to jump in and share some thoughts ask a question um, otherwise, we're going to wind down pretty small, uh, pretty soon. Um, great. I see we got Emmanuel on the stage. We got Titus Harton. That's great. We always appreciate that. Um, Emmanuel, what's up? What's in your mind? Yeah. Hi. Um, so, long time listener, first time caller of anything. And it's always good to, you know, it's just pass the time, listen to everything that goes on down here. So, power to you guys and gals. Um, so, two questions for um, the console team. Um, the first one is mainly around um, beta testing i sent an application like a while ago and everything but you mentioned you have something on mac os and i'm curious to know um how soon i can jump on that i'm asking for that because um, i consult for a few companies and one of them is a security company um that's consulting with ey and they're looking to build a dao in the crypto space um they're mainly around infosec and sisec and you know the question is you know as part of the dao building process they need all the right tools and everything they look at aragon and a whole bunch of other um, solutions out there i'm like oh what about like a good you know chat solution good coordination solution so i'm curious to, like just survey that i'm surveying a few options but then console has been like my in a way sort of personal favorite i don't want to sound too biased to console <laughs> um but yeah i'm just curious yeah to, thank you can, uh, take a look at that and just you know assess it that way on my next calls i can just yeah. say, hey, look at this project i think we should look at that um so that's my first question my second question is um it's a little bit related to um the old nose discussion um, a lot of um, the transactions that happen to trade are like very primitive. It's mostly trusted, trust me, bro, kind of style of transactions that don't use like pay to script um, hashes and everything. And my question is like, has the console team considered, you know, serving as some kind of coordination layer for like um, the P2SH um, transactions, multi-sig transactions for the Bitcoin layer, especially since like console is very Bitcoin focused. I mean, it's from the Stacks ecosystem majorly so i'm curious about that too so that's two questions yeah yeah your first question um thanks for the questions yeah so your first question about joining console yeah you applied on the website which is great anyone listening you can apply um we've been working one-on-one -on -one with a few dozen um creators and communities over the past few months to just kind of get feedback to bring them on to start building their community in some small ways so we're taking baby steps um we have only a few a few communities um that are kind of like daily active on console and that's just so that we can test and we can learn and all that kind of stuff but we know we recognize that it's really helpful to have you and others just like come in early to get a sense of like what what does this look like you know how can i give feedback and what do you guys want to see 
And that's pretty much the place that we're at right now. Um, yeah, if you do have a community and um, you applied, definitely just DM um, us at Consul or myself, and um, we'll look at because we just want to help prioritize people who are showing up at the spaces, who are showing up uh, and you know like involved. And so, yeah, I would love to help prioritize you. Like I said, we have a pretty long list, but um, but it'd be great to get you. Um, yeah, to just to kind of get you if you can, you can check it out. You can you know, invite a few friends and like just kind of starter kit space. But about mid-March is when we're going to really start opening up the next um, cohort to more widely growth. So, so yeah, hit us up now. We'll get you in. We'll get you testing out the desktop app and um, go we'll go from there. And yeah, as far as your second question, yeah, we did start in the Stacks community um, with Bitcoin at, you know, we've since kind of grown to with a multi-chain vision. That was always our vision, but, you know, so Ethereum is, is very much a part of where we are now with .eth and .btc. We have both of them and looking forward to growing beyond that. Um, as far as like DAO modules or multi-chain, multi-signature wallets yeah. is I think what you yeah, specifically the ability for, for multiple. For those, uh, specifically for the Bitcoin ecosystem. Um, with regards to trade and facilitating trade in, yeah, we we don't we don't have anything. Well, what we do have um, right now is the ability to really easily bring in outside apps um, and kind of plug them in using technically just like iframes, but like bringing them in in a in way so you can have your chat, and then you can have we have like within console right now there are basically like notion style documents that you can create so token get a documents um so we're seeing people use um links through their documents and like you know for onboarding and ways to like bring people together to have descriptions of like how to get involved and linking out to solutions like this um or we're able with iframes like i was saying to create a module and so we have um, the ability to pull in if basically any app that exists. We can kind of just pull it in and skin it into console. Um, and that's like our first step at, in a very startup-y kind of way, experimenting with bringing really any tool, whether it's voting, whether it's multi-sig wallets, um, the crash punks right now they have a store that they brought in and it looks pretty seamless it's like it looks like you know you're in console you have your chat and you could just right the second you're in a store um they also have a game that they brought in so you know we're looking for ways to just kind of integrate um and weird list like we're very user focused and user centric we believe that i think web3 in general could be a little more user friendly and like really trying to work on that so this is all like the 0.1 of just getting you know feedback getting things out there as quick as possible and the things that are we get good feedback on the things that people are using we're going to keep iterating on and make even more beautiful um over time so if you do have a specific request when we talk to us that's why we're talking with people um share it with us you know if there's a certain multi-sig wallet or there's a certain tool you want um we'll look at it and with pretty good likelihood we could probably custom that for you as like Again, it's a test, and if it works for you and we think there's value to other people, we can roll it out to other communities as well. And that's kind of where we're lucky enough to play with with our dev and design team right now is to like learn you know, side by side with, with all of you guys. So yeah, thanks, thanks for asking. Hope, does that answer your question? Yeah, no, it's a brilliant approach. Um, definitely we'll be keeping an eye on that. Um, and yeah, thanks, thanks, totally.
Amazing. Um, thanks so much, Manuel. That was a great question. Um, are there any other questions before we wind down? I, I thought I saw some hands, but now I don't see any. So maybe we're done. <laughs> okay. Oh, Ivy. Ivy had a question. Ivy, go for it. Hey, um, <clears throat> sorry. Excuse me. Um, how you doing? Uh, I just uh, wanted to come up, say, you know, say hello. Um, thank you, console, for following, following me. Bleh following me back um so i uh i this is the first week i've been hearing about ordinals and bitcoin nfts and um i just seen you guys pop up i wanted to say congratulations you know to your new venture and you know i guess uh i see it's been launched on new year's um or so i think the console was launched on new year's so i just want to say congratulations i think it's going to do very well and you know i appreciate you guys uh for letting me you know come up and say hello and i'm you know looking to get to know some of you guys thank you thanks so much ivy um that was so nice i appreciate that and yeah we've been working on it for about a year now um but yeah over the past since the new year we've been slowly letting in more people so thank you yeah that's about right um amazing thank you so much very nice to meet you and um yeah we could all give a little little clap for ivy <laughs> welcome, welcome 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 there we go very nice very nice very nice very nice awesome um great i think our final question today will be uh from kuro um kuro great to see you here you're um very active and like you come every week i really appreciate having you always very thoughtful um would love to hear what's on your mind so i actually um am also interested if there will be token gating for uh ordinals uh just because i'm doing some dev work for a couple ordinal based projects and a few um notable artists so i'm very interested and then i, I also wanted to ask like about so I'm a Clonex holder, but we kind of like do our own thing because we can't rely on Artifact to kind of support us at this moment. I'm working on it. They got a deadline of Thursday to get back to me because um, I don't play. But I was wondering, is it possible to apply as a sub-community? What is a sub-community? Like, like, uh, like we're, we're part of a larger like project, right? But the larger project kind of they have their own thing going on and like we'd like to have our own um kind of experience for the the uh artifact creators we do all of we make all the content ourselves we don't get any like real support from artifacts so i was wondering if it's okay if i apply um for the general community of artifact creators as well for sure yeah that, that's that'd be great um would love to have you yeah for sure yeah, and I so I also like have my friend is the uh, found two of my friends are the founders of um, a kid called Beast. So um, at some point, I'm going to kind of like put together a group chat and get them connected with you guys, uh, just because like we we've had issues with the Discord stuff, and like I keep going back to this. Discord is unsafe. These assets are way too valuable. People make them their entire personalities. And like, I can't stand to see people continue to lose their assets to like, you know, honestly, I'm just going to say it. I don't like Discord. I think it's garbage. And I, I just don't think that is good for me as a dev to like be setting up Discords or to like encourage people to use Discord because um, 
earlier today there was tall stupid horses on solana and their discord was compromised right like this was today and people's wallets were drained and i'm like getting fed up about it because this keeps like making people not want to enter this ecosystem because like it's just it's a problem like i i cannot stress enough like the amount of capital has been lost to to hacks and stuff because there is no real security with discord so dude yeah it's very passionate about it like that's why i've been like so active with you guys because we need this yeah no i I hear you i mean the the discord hacks like and just i think that there's so much work that can be done with security and also i think over the past year i mean with all like this we've seen the perils of centralization with everything from like ftx and like having our tokens elsewhere i think the principles like that's why we keep coming back to like why we're doing this because i think more and more people are getting burned and there's also these amazing creators you know like yourself and like a lot of people here are like trying to push forward this idea of like self-sovereignty and ownership and censorship resistance and art and like meshing all these things together and it's like one step forward and then it feels like two steps back with every discord hack with every you know and and i think there's like some education in there that i think we're like learning the hard way it feels like burning our hand on a you know on the like a hot plate it's like god damn um but hopefully you know hopefully that memory stays like with us that we can like use it in a proactive way to move people off discord and we don't just kind of all you know forget about it every six months and keep going back and burning our hand um so i appreciate you and i appreciate you know um everybody's helping build console to help to help move that forward um because everything you're saying really just really resonates with me and and why we're building it in the first place. Um, so thank you. Yeah. And, and to answer your first question too, you know, will console accept ordinals? I mean, long story short, it's our, as far as I know, very interested. <laughs> and that's why like, we're trying to learn it, you know, ordinals have been around, I don't know, don't quote me on this, but like for at least maybe almost a year now, like I think um, the guy, was it, Casey, somebody correct me on that. Yeah, who Cass, is Casey? Cassie, um, yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, he's um he's quite the genius. Um, and I'm pretty sure he would love to contribute, um, to making this a uh, a real effort because, as most of you know, like decentralization is a very important part of what we're all trying to accomplish here. Yeah, and, like, just having decentralized things like Discord are not great, man. Like. My friend got drained of like I think seventy grand today, so I'm like I'm very stressed at the moment. So I I appreciate it. Man, super sorry to hear that, uh, Kara. That's awful. Yeah, it's a lot of fucking money. Oh my God. Um, I've been yeah. drained for more, just so you guys know. And I'm a dev, so it can happen to anyone and absolutely everyone, right? So really? it's a very important thing. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I, mean, I hope to carry this conversation forward. I hope to keep learning. I think that was why I was excited to have Jamil on because I think the more that we learn about ordinals, I haven't, I have not yet seen like a social chat, you know, social media kind of implementation of ordinals yet, but I think it's early. And I think the more that communities start to form, I just think there's going to be some really cool stuff over the next few weeks for sure, you know, maybe a month or two, but they are active. Like there's so much activity every day in that space. And um, 
I think that's why we're excited about consoles, like being able to, because, you know, we, our ability to read smart contracts, Bitcoin, are just natively already written into our app. It's pretty easy for us technically to start doing this. I think we're just looking for the use case. So if anybody out there is thinking of launching an Ordinals project or a Bitcoin NFT project, um, we'd definitely love to hear from you specifically. I think this could be um, a really cool place to start this. And uh, um Got to got to start somewhere, <laughs> little by little. Um, cool. Well, so thank, so grateful always for everyone for coming out um, on a Monday. Really appreciate it. Just give some shout outs and then wind down. Um, shout out to um, Emmanuel. Shout out to Coro for all the great questions. Uh, NB as well. Ivy for introducing yourself. Um, X first. Thanks for hanging out. We love you and your wallet. You guys are great. Um, Joe is always here. Much appreciated abcdj.eth cool name <laughs> thanks for coming uh, dario juice uh, orlando was here sadaf was here before thank you nick hero gamer um man just such a great audience here today i want to really thank jamil for coming and talking to us about bitcoin ordinals if i didn't say your name i see you and i really do appreciate you being here and as always um <clears throat> big thanks to dave and julia on the console team here um, Julia is amazingly active and uh, just super grateful for she's usually um, helping with the DMs and helping organize the event. And Dave is working with me every day on the console product and working with the dev team. And um, yeah, just super, super grateful to to be here with you guys. Um, you guys can reach out on Twitter if you have more questions or thoughts. If I missed anything, you can apply at console.xyz. Um, and we do this every Monday. So I look forward to chatting with you guys. Um, Again, next Monday, if you have any thoughts on what you'd like to see in future Twitter spaces, you could also let me know too. Um, special guests or different kind of conversations, we're here for you and just happy to learn alongside all of you. So thanks again. And uh, let's get some claps and uh, play us out with uh, little tunes. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Console Mini AMA. Console chats Bitcoin ordinals with the Gamma.io founder, Jamil.btc, recorded on Monday, February 13th, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org donate and show some support. When I'm ripping and rapping, I ain't picking the bastards Who be tricking the masses into getting their asses kicked Feels like I've been getting my masters Fuck a pump and double like the income that's passive Raise up the bar before I fly right past it I'll be writing rhymes till they put me in a casket Old man shit, put the lotion on its skin Then put that shit back in the damn basket Like Buffalo Bill, the way I'm ruffling feathers Snuffing out debt, cut the heads off collectors Keep a couple heads in a jar as keepsakes And take the rest and turn them into free Upgrade the feelings, supply the free base Looking all professional, tools in the briefcase Running on empty from gassing up my teammates First one down, let me know how that sleep tastes Direct.
direct and impossible Defended the plausible from end to demonstrable The mission isn't even worried about the clearance Running interference till our enemies fear us We're only one disappearance away from a bad day Everybody trying to save face on the last day Feeling fancy, about to pull out the mass eh? Drop the eight ball in passing, that's so passe I'm getting nasty, you cannot put it past me A mix between blasphemy and tuck everlasting Feeling like a masterpiece, looking like a tragedy Trying to get through another day full of savagery Getting headstrong from working in the mess hall All hands on deck, waiting for our next haul I need the rest, got big plans to eject So feed the grass and keep off the Kleenex I am interested in magic because I am fascinated with psychology I love to learn about how people make inferences about How they draw conclusions and find patterns in information And in particular, I'm interested in all that can go wrong uh, how an individual can be led astray by certain cognitive vulnerabilities or exploited.